1: Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape presented to you in partnership with SB Nation's Blogging the Boys and Bleeding Green Nation. He is Brandon Lee Gotten
2: of BGN. I am R.J. Ochoa of BTB. BLG, how goes it? R.J., less than two months away until we see the Eagles and Cowboys play their week one games on September 12th. So how about that?
1: That's actually wrong because
2: the Cowboys play their week one game on September 9th. Way to mess that up. Totally forgot about it. Not mm-hmm. a really not really a relevant team, so they kind of slip my mind sometimes
1: um before we get into today's nfc's mixtape action by the way it is volume 13 of the mixtape for those of you that haven't make sure to go subscribe to wherever you get your podcast blogging the boys bidding green nation whichever podcast feed uh, however you get your podcast apple devices spotify whatever leave a rating and write a review you can write whatever you want you can say whatever you want you can be as kind or as mean as you want to as long as it's
2: five stars that's all we really ask for blg yeah, on both feeds. So both on the Blogging the Boys podcast feed and the Weeding Green Name podcast feed. Two different right. feeds you can leave ratings and reviews on. That's what makes this
1: show unique. Last week, we talked about the most painful losses that the Cowboys and Eagles have experienced over the course of the last decade to each of their division rivals. This week, we're doing the inverse, which are the most epic victories. Uh, but before we get there, BLG, I wanted to ask you, did you make your bed this morning?
2: No, not a bed maker guy.
1: Hmm. Well, you would not be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. Uh, according to a tweet from Rod Beard, uh, Detroit Pistons, uh, you know, all head of everything, Dwayne Casey said in their interviews with draft prospects, they are asking prospects if they make their beds in the morning because it apparently can indicate whether they set the tone for their day and how organized they are. I'm sure as
2: somebody who covers Nick Siriani, you appreciate this, BLG uh yeah i don't believe in that a lot of people are like oh you have to make your bed or else you can't do it like no i don't like i have i have a lot of things to do and not a lot of time i'm being more efficient with my time by not doing something that i don't need to do so Mm. i don't make my bed
1: i make my bed or our bed uh, my wife and i's bed every see that's the thing like i also lift as a husband you know what i mean Mm. i'm the one who makes the bed respect to me um you know just stating facts here like i'm not fishing for compliments but Really, I'm pretty amazing at this. Uh, I've always made my bed, though, like from the time I was like five years old. So I think it's really weird that you don't. But, you know, hey, to each their own. Um, I'm, I'm, I hope you enjoy your wrinkled covers at night when you get into it.
2: Yeah, I do. It's great.
1: Okay. Um, so uh, epic victories. And before we start, BLG, I do want to say I kind of had a hard time or at least a harder time than I thought I was going to
2: in choosing these. Um, do you feel the same? uh I mean it's probably for you I'm guessing because the Cowboys haven't had many uh, very meaningful wins in that time I'm guessing that's what you're trying to say uh mine were really easy actually
1: I just thought it I mean there were there were definitely some and obviously I, I wound up picking some but it just felt like there was to your point like the Cowboys have won the Super Bowl or anything it's not like any of these victories for the Eagles were the Super Bowl but I mean it just like it I don't know it's kind of like you're have you ever watched time at your mother I have. Yes. You know, the episode where Marshall's like in search of the perfect burger and, and like the the philosophical discussion is like, you will never enjoy a burger the same way you did that very first time. That's kind of how this felt to me. Like, I, rem- I remember really being emotional after some of these wins, but like looking at them now, I don't feel the same emotions. Maybe that's what I'm dealing with.
2: The aging thing is definitely like a factor that came into play like last week when I was talking about that Giants loss or the, mm-hmm. the-, the Eagles loss to the Giants. Um, early in the season like some things age differently um there's a pick on my list in here that maybe uh in the scope of that season wasn't like the best thing but in on that particular day it was extremely meaningful and i remember exactly how i felt and that's why i picked it but uh we'll save that for later in the podcast well where do you want to start i'll let you go well, first i'm gonna i'm gonna do the same thing we did last week i'm gonna go giants first okay. um and for me, I already talked about this last week. Like, I spoiled this one already. So it's a good place right. to start because it's, it's it's this is so very obviously the pick. Like, I don't think any Eagles fan can argue this isn't the pick. It is the Eagles' week three win in 2017, where they won by a score of 27 to 24, thanks to a Jake Elliott 61-yard field goal game winner. Uh an underrated part for that, RJ, to me. And maybe this doesn't mean anything to anyone else, but I love how. In that very game, Odell Beckham, who was still in the Giants at the time, uh, was taunting the Eagles in that game. He actually got fined for one of his celebrations. Uh, But, like... He had to watch that ball go right over his head because he was back. If there was a possible return, you know, which makes sense. They do that on long field goals. Uh, you know, for the, for if the, just the very small chance they can actually return that field goal for a touchdown or something, but he had to like watch it go right over his head. And that just feels like especially devastating to me. So I like that. It was really the win that started to make the Eagles 2017 season feel special. I mean, they were one and one at that point. So if they go to overtime and they lose that game, then you know they're one and two all of a sudden. And who knows how that season goes. Maybe it's still really great. I don't know. But uh really big game, kind of an underrated Carson Wentz moment, too. I know you love Carson Wentz, RJ, but uh like people talk about how he wasn't clutched for a long time. But I mean he had a really big completion to Alshon Jeffrey that actually set up that 61 yard attempt. So uh and also just the Jake Elliott factor of it all. Like this is a guy who was a rookie and he was on the Bengals practice squad like only a week or two before after Killed Sturgis got hurt and the Eagles had to like sign a new kicker. So crazy that like this isn't even like one of the best kickers. This isn't like Justin Tucker making that kick. This is or, like a guy, or David Akers, even or yeah, this or yeah, some like guy who'd been at the franchise for forever. Like this is some no one knows who this guy is and he's making like this huge kick, the longest uh field goal in Eagles history.
1: Mm. I I don't think that you thought this was going to be my reaction. I actually really like this pick on your behalf. And I know you kind of spoiled it last week, but I like this. And I've said many a time that every Eagles fan should rub it in every Cowboys fan's face forever that the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017, because that's the whole point, right? And when you win a Super Bowl or you have a magical season or something like that, I mean, there are certain wins that are just more magical and certain wins that feel like you stole them. And those are the those are the days like I I would assume you remember that day more vividly than you do other wins from that season from the Eagles. Just because like when you're flirting with it and like you look back on it and I don't know off the top of my head now that I think about it, what the difference was, Bear might know, uh, between the Eagles being the one seed and not. But like that made a difference. Like it really went a long way.
2: Well, remember that point later because we're gonna revisit that that uh, theme. But um, also some other things I want to mention from that win. You had Kamu Grugier-Hill and Michael Kendricks carrying Jake Elliott again, who had like just been on the team. Like, do these players even really know that much about him? Like, do they even know his name really? Like, these are defensive, these are linebackers. They don't need to know the kicker necessarily, but they were carrying him off the field. And again, in week three, and it's just like when the players took the field that day. And like Jake Elliott took the field. Like there's no one or any, everyone was entering that stadium. No one saw that coming where like players would be carrying Jake Elliott into the locker room. So just that kind of makes sports special. Like that's just like that kind of the unknown of it all. That's what we watch because like things happen that we don't expect and it's really fun. So uh, I think about all of that. I wanted to include in here as I wrap up on the Giants, RJ, the Eagles, uh, as an honorable mention, the Eagles 27 to zero shutout performance against the Giants after Giants players had stomped on the Eagles logo in the pregame. Uh, so that was really good. And sh- shutouts are just so rare, or at least they have been for the Eagles. So like to see a shutout, and I was there for in person for that one, that was really special. I'm um, like I always remember that. And then just going along these lines, like I've talked about at, at length how the Eagles have dominated the Giants. The Eagles have dominated the Giants so much, RJ, to put this in perspective, that the Eagles couple of seasons ago actually took the all-time lead in the series which they had never held at any Mm. point since it began in like 1933 so that's really like embarrassing i feel like you hear the giants
1: yeah that's the eli manning era in a nutshell right it's like an incredible lead on so much as an nfl blue blood squandered um you know but just happened to win two Super Bowls in the process of it all uh, to kind of like hype up a career of mediocrity. But it is what it is. Uh, Excellent choice, BLG, and a nice honorable mention. I actually have an honorable mention for the Giants as well. So look at that. We're in lockstep already. Uh, I'll give you my honorable mention first because it comes to us via Twitter.com. I actually cheated BLG. Um, I I had, you know, a thought in mind for all these Mm. games, but I was like, let me get some people to jog my mind. Uh, So I tweeted asking for some help. Diego on Twitter at Diego B. Phillips says, in my recent memory, best win was, I believe, 2018 last game of the season against the Giants when Dak rolled out and threw a last-minute 40-yard bomb off his back foot to Cole Beasley, who made an even more amazing catch. That is an honorable mention, but I cannot make it num- like my choice because it was a meaningless game. The Cowboys yeah. had already won the division, were the four seed. Uh, it was a great moment. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just, just a really nice game, nice moment for Dak and whatnot. But th- I think that was the moment where like, I firmly believed, okay, this dude is an elite quarterback, so it deserved a shout-out on its own. Uh, my actual choice doesn't include Dak Prescott. Uh, it does include Odell Beckham Jr. People love BLG, as you know, to talk about the incredible catch he made on mm. Sunday Night Football uh, where Chris Collinsworth lost his mind. People forget that the Giants lost that game. And they lost that game because Tony Romo found Des Bryant in the back of the end zone late on an incredible fourth-quarter drive. Uh, it was a really really magical time for the Cowboys like we talk about there are certain seasons that you just remember a little bit more that 2014 year uh, obviously later in Tony Romo's career was just so special the Cowboys were coming off of their bye week having played the Jaguars in London uh, two weeks before this particular game they won and improved to 8-3 and three. the final score 31-28 to 28. this was also like peak days uh, the touchdown came with a minute and one seconds left and so it was just really nice to kind of put an end to that you know Odell moment Del Knight, whatever. But Romo ended the night 1826, 18 of 26, excuse me, for 275 yards, four touchdowns. Des Bryant in all his glory, seven catches, 86 yards and two touchdowns. Cole Beasley did have a score himself. So, you know, Cole Beasley's made a nice career against the Giants.
2: This is a very you pick in the sense of like remember this amazing moment that happened in the game? Well, it didn't mean anything because that team lost.
1: Yeah, it didn't. Um, That's so, And it's so dumb that people like hype that up like it was this great thing, but they've lost and they lost to the Cowboys. So that should be said a lot.
2: By the way, it feels like like forever ago, not just four years ago or whatever it was since Odo Beckham was in the division. I don't know about you, but like talking about him now, like this feels like centuries ago. It feels so, so long ago because I used to get annoyed by the OBJ hype, too, where it'd be all the. Oh, look at all the catches he's making in pregame as the Giants are like going what? Like four and 12 or it's like, who cares? Like this isn't amounting to anything like this is such a waste of time. Um. I mean, obviously, incredible talent, incredible player, but just, like, it got too much hype. What did the Cowboys... What season was this? What did they finish? This
1: was 2014. They finished 12-4. and And this actually
2: um, led to a bit
1: of a change. I know that you... Uh, maybe not you specifically, definitely you specifically, uh, but certainly Howie Roseman in all his glory and the Philadelphia Eagles organization have a problem with the Cowboys hosting Thanksgiving every year. Mm. Um, this game was the Sunday before Thanksgiving and it was Sunday night football and it was on the road in New York. So Cowboys were obviously really tired, didn't get a lot of practice time and they did get waxed on Thanksgiving by Mark Sanchez's Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they would go on to obviously get back at them two weeks later, which was awesome and epic. Uh, but since since then the Cowboys have not been scheduled on Sunday night football the week before Thanksgiving because they made a big old stink about how, you know, bad of a scheduling sort of result it ended up being for them and their rest and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, the one Cowboys scheduling disadvantage that they've had to deal with. What a crime. That was really bad, in fairness, I will say. I I will admit that, especially because they had to travel, too. It wasn't even like a home game, and then they get to play at home again. But uh, that is a fair gripe in that case. But uh, it's just kind of rich to me coming from the team that gets a a built-in advantage every year that other teams don't get. So that's cool.
1: Uh shout out to Tony Romo. Uh shout out to Tyron Smith, who threw two incredible blocks on the game-winning touchdown pass uh from Romo to Dez. That's the kind of thing. Like that's that Jake Elliott moment. Like you will, like I said, you'll remember forever like everything about that. This is one of those that I will remember absolutely everything about. And a lot of that is because of the Odell thing. Like it's become like more protected in my memory because of all the Odellness. Uh I'm with you though. The Odell thing, I did I did want to add. It, there was a point where at least Cowboys fans were were of the mindset like, oh, this dude, all he did was make that one catch, and it was like, no, 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 he's an amazing wide receiver. But mm-hmm. it's it's just being overshadowed by the like, you know, trick of it all. Like, let's just focus on how incredible he is, and not these, you know, incredible catches, however incredible they are, because they don't mean anything. Uh, but still, you know, shout out to Brandon Carr, who was on the, uh, I guess, not receiving end, but the brunt end of the Oda Beckham Jr. catch
2: so while you're talking there a couple questions that came to mind like what is the nfc east matchup to you where you like let's say you know it's not at a point where let's say it's like week one so it's not at a point where like you know one team is clearly better than the other team and you need the you'd be ideally rooting for the worst team the lesser of the two evils because you need you know that top team to lose let's say like they're both on even ground like what is the nfc matchup for you because i think a lot of fans here Eagles fans would say like Giants-Cowboys is like their most hated possible matchup of two teams. And it's almost like, who do we root for? And on this point, I hate when everyone says a tie. No, don't No, You're not no, rooting. For, you're never rooting for the tie. First of all, that's just such a stupid thing to be rooting for. Like It's, it's not going to happen. It's so mm-hmm. statistically unlikely. It's dumb. And also, no, you want one team to be hurt worse. You want to take one of those two teams and decide this loss will hurt that team more. So I hate the tie thing. I hate when people say it so much. It's it's so stupid to me. Um, but yeah, to, what's your answer to that question? Like, who are the two teams in the NFC East that, like, you hate the most and, like, you have the toughest time deciding, like, who you want to lose? Probably Philly, Washington.
1: Uh, okay. That's, that's tough. And it's just gross. I don't even like the uniform combination. Like, I don't like watching it at either stadium. It's just a gross experience overall for me. And I really am torn. Um, like, the Giants are so... The Giants are, like, I don't know. The Giants are, like, somebody who I don't like, but I really don't, like, I'm, I'm not, like, emotionally attached to or anything, you know what I mean? And so, like, whenever they come in and win a game or beat the Cowboys, look like, fine, you know, this, this, will, this will even out at some point. Like, whether the Cowboys beat them or they'll lose, like, that's just kind of how it's always been. You know, Washington's, like, an annoying little brother. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, mm. poking us in the eye and, like, you know, doing the, like, I'm not touching you game. And so, like, that gets really annoying. Philly is you know, at times a legitimate equal. And so like, that's where that, you know, sort of foil comes from. So it's definitely Philly, Washington, generally pulling for Washington. Um, yeah. What's your answer?
2: Yeah, that's interesting how you phrase that. because I think it's the same kind of logic, except it's the Giants instead of Washington, like Washington to me, especially because of how re- irrelevant they've generally been in my lifetime. They don't really feel like a true rival, like in the moment, in the heat of the battle, obviously. Yeah. But like, they're obviously like the least hateable division rival to me just because the giants are mm, closer that explains and i grew your up,
1: newfound found love for them by the way
2: yeah right um <laughs> that is definitely not true um uh growing up too in like where i did kind of central Jersey area um which some people say doesn't exist but uh it was, it was a mix kind of too i knew giant fans like i knew i've always known more giant fans too than i knew washington fans which mm. also made it you know a, a, like a different level It was like a personal thing and it was kind of like a uh like you said though a brother rivalry though like i kind of had respect for giant sands more than i did cowboy sands for example especially again being from where i was because all these cowboy sands were obviously just like bandwagon front runners where the giant sands like they're from an area where giant sands would be so like i could respect like their fandom i understand why they were giant sands um yeah so kind of the tangent we went on there but i don't know thought but it was funny
1: one more tiny tangent it is i've always found that interesting um the like geographical relationship within the nfc east because like if you grew up anywhere in texas odds are outside of like you know randomness you know which happens in life you didn't really know many giants or eagles or washington fans but that is certainly not the case in your neck of the woods like i'm sure you also knew a lot of washington fans just because people are not not really
2: well still the the odds are
1: likelier at least you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it, like i think that that sort of geographical rivalry like it it enhances the division rivalry for those three teams which is really cool like that's where like the texans have been like this like whatever little thing for the cowboys in in recent history but even then it's just like it's such a one-sided
2: thing um that was a good question good job by you look at that freestyle thanks uh i would say like uh so someone like john sonas you know obviously on bg radio and who you've talked to before rj like he kind of from like a Virginia area. So hit for him it might be you know Washington because he lives in that kind of area. So I definitely get uh the point on that. But, um
1: speaking of Washington, how yeah about your favorite Eagles. Yeah, your favorite Eagles went over Washington. This one's the one I was most fascinated to hear, if I'm being honest mm-hmm. with you.
2: Yeah, it's not like I don't think it's a no-brainer. I don't think you there isn't like like you had to pick this Giants game. Like you, you couldn't if you picked any other Giants game you'd be wrong. Like that was the answer. Um this one I think there's some more room for debate i will get into the honorable mentions i guess first to build up the reveal uh some people will probably say it's chip kelly's first game in 2013 week one because that was mm. like this big like oh my gosh like we've never seen this before like this offensive revolution the eagles came out at this really fast pace and they were like, like that was monday broadcast- night football too right it was monday night football yeah. the broadcast like couldn't keep up like they're trying right. to show replay but they couldn't like they didn't know how to handle chip kelly because like they just kept running the next play so that was kind of cool um you know michael Vick was there that was fun, um also uh I would put ending the eagles or the eagles ending their five game losing streak to Washington when they had that uh win over them in week one of two thousand seventeen and uh, Stephen Means and guru j Hill dumped uh, a raid cooler on Doug Peterson like the game itself I guess wasn't like it, it couldn't be the number one, but that was a that was a kind of a significant moment. I was like, all right, we finally got the monkey off our back, we beat Washington. this feels good uh and I, personally I always like starting the season like week one with a division rival because it's like it just sets a good tone if you win that game and also really devastating if you don't so i kind of like the high stakes of that but i ultimately went with week seven in 2017 the Eagle super bowl season what a surprise i picked another game from that season where they won by a score of 34 to 24 i wasn't there at the link uh, in person for this game rj And I think this is like Carson Wentz's signature performance. Like he was incredible that night. He had a deep bomb touchdown to Matt Collins. He had that crazy touchdown throw, which I think is arguably his best. You could argue it's the Miles Sanders one he had in Washington, but this one was in Philly. And he was like getting crunched by multiple defenders. And I don't even know how he makes this throw, but somehow he throws it up there. And Corey Clement makes a great leaping catch in the corner. Uh, front right quarter of the end zone like it was incredible that he made that catch and that was also the game where he escaped from that pile of bodies to like run for a first down and the broadcast thought he got sacked for a second wasn't this also
1: monday night football because i remember that vividly now
2: Yes. Yeah, it was. Yes, I believe it was. Um, So funny, Washington, Eagles, Washington, something about that on Monday Night Football. Yeah, there was just like that really crystallized too that. Like the Carson Wentz, like is the MVP at that point in the season. Like he's doing things that are like incredible, that are like breathtaking. I remember being there and seeing that Corey Clement touchdown. And I was like, this is like the most amazing sports thing I've ever seen in person. Like it was incredible. So uh, obviously hasn't aged well since then. The Carson (laughs) Wentz era, but very much gone now. But at the time, like that was I was so excited.
1: Hmm. this is interesting this is like yeah like a frozen moment in time um not as emotionally jarring as the Giants went a few weeks earlier but I get this like because so much of the identity of that season was Carson Wench, which again is so funny looking back um and and this like cementing his place because at that point looked like thinking back there was no real contender like and I remember watching that game be like crap you know just like this this sucks. Like the our worst nightmare is really coming to fruition here. Carson Wentz is this great player, whatever, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and the fact that it was Washington was like kind of meaningless. It was just this like that's that's the. The crunch play is what I remember. That's why I, because I, I, I remember that being on Monday Night Football because, like, you remember those plays forever, even when they don't involve your team. I remember thinking, like, man, this dude, the, the, like, stupid stuff is working for
2: him. And those are the truly special players. Um, so another excellent choice by you. Look at that. But you're right. Did not age well that's why like he was the mvp though and i wrote about at the time it's not just like he's posting like anyone in theory can post like really good stats mm-hmm. like like what separates him from other players posting really good stats like he's doing like incredible things that no one else is doing like this is amazing so i would i would add the aesthetic element to it and i would say meaningful too because it was like you know i i talked about the eagles already got their monkey off the back with that win in week one but this like to beat Washington then twice was like okay not only did we like end the streak but now we're building the streak and that felt right. good and and for Kirk Cousins who again I was never I've never been a fan of very uh not secret opinion of mine it just like it was so confounding because like I knew he wasn't good but like the Eagles couldn't beat him so that was always frustrating so to beat him again was really nice um that's Look, I don't know. Kirk is fine. Like, there's no need
1: to take side shots at Kirk here. I do want to say in BLG's defense for anyone listening that in case you didn't listen to last week's episode, number one, shame on you. But number two, we did stipulate that these games have to have come over the last decade, uh, which is why, BLG, I assume you did not pick the 2010 game uh, between Philly and Washington, which incidentally, I believe, also was on Monday Night Football when Michael Vick went off.
2: Correct. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about all timers, that's in play. If we're talking about all timers, obviously Miracle at the Middlelands, number two, as it's called kind of incorrectly with Deshaun Jackson, you know, against the Giants, some, some very obvious picks in those regards, but, but not in our qualifier of the last 10 seasons, Mm -hmm. which goes back to the 2011 season. What's your pick RJ?
1: Well, I'm going to say my pick BLG, but you know, we have to keep the lights on.
2: So you know, wow. I know you, you don't tease. mind.
1: Yeah, you don't mind working in the dark crawling in the dark, like Stank said once. Uh, so nobody go anywhere. Uh, we'll be right back after a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge. That takes a team.
1: Welcome back, uh, BLG. What's your favorite Hoobastink song?
2: Uh, I can't name one off the top of my head. I like. Yes, I you can. You totally can. You're like. I can't. I have to look at the like. I, can't, I totally can't. What's yours? While well, I stall and try. I mean, to crawl, crawling
1: out. in the dark is really good. I remember there was this great game for PS2 called Aggressive Inline, uh, and mm. it was kind of like Tony Hawk, but you were. It was like rollerblading and um and it was on the soundcheck for that
2: game crawling everybody remembers the reason though that's why i was saying i was gonna say
1: yeah there's no way you can't name that
2: song uh I, I knew it. i just couldn't think it off the top of my head definitely i think it has to be the reason i i can't tell you i've listened to hoobastank very recently so maybe i'm forgetting something but <laughs> also, the reason uh, was very iconic No, it's Uh, totally true.
1: Anyway, uh, some people say that Hoobastank is the Washington football team of uh, 2000s emo pop bands, but it is what it is. Uh, So my answer for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, like most epic win over the Washington football team over the last decade. I have two honorable mentions, uh, BLT. Number one, uh, my serious honorable mention that's about the Cowboys was Dak Prescott's first win. And Zeke Elliott's first one, I suppose, too. In 2016, the Cowboys had lost the week before uh, in week one against the New York Giants, where they got swept by that season. They went to Washington. Zeke Elliott fumbled, which was very terrifying as a Cowboys fan, because you were thinking like, man, we just took him with the fourth overall pick. This is not going to work out. Dak Prescott was the guy that kind of led the team to victory and allowed you, because you know how that is. They tell you all the data about teams that start off 0 and 2 and how rarely they make the playoffs. And so the Cowboys were flirting with that line. Obviously, uh, won the game, wound up 1 and 1, and wound up winning 13 games on the season. Very cool moment. Uh, shout out to Josh Norman, who had a great peanut punch moment on Zeke Light in this game. Mm. Uh, just great defensive play. My second honorable mention is about me. Uh, a year later, in late October, October 29th, to be specific, this tweet actually came to us from Charles Morris, who mentioned this game. The Cowboys did win. 33 to 19 on the road in Washington in a rating game. But I upset a number of people because Byron Jones, who at that point, I think only had one career interception um, intercepted kind of a lame duck pass. Ultimately shout out to your boy, Kirk cousins um, and returned it for a touchdown in the final seconds of the game. But remember BLG, the final score here, 33 to 19. And if Byron Jones takes a knee, just goes down, the Cowboys can just take a knee and win this game. And I got so upset that he returned it for a touchdown because again there was like twenty seconds left. But still, the idea is you want the path of least resistance towards victory, and Byron Jones compromised that. And people got so mad at me for saying that, and I stand by that even four years later.
2: I would say if it's like a really big game, you know, like the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game, then sometimes you just have to go for the exclamation point and like really rub it in. Or like you know, uh, an especially big division rival game, not just a run of the mill one. But in general. I hate to say that I agree with you because it's not fun, but in theory, like someone could get hurt. Like you're, what if your yeah, kicker gets a- hurt? anything off happen. the ball. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, and look, we've seen, we've very much seen the Eagles, you know, do this against the Cowboys. We saw it in Brian Westbrook and then at Miles Sanders in 2019 mm-hmm. when he has a chance to pretty much cap things off with a touchdown. And the whole team was like, no, no, get down, get down. And uh, yeah, so.
1: Um, shout out to me, basically. And shout out to Todd Gurley, who also did it and was treated like the first person. That's what Anytime that happens, that the person, I've grabbed with this before, gets treated like the first person to ever think of this idea, when anybody who's played Madden for 10 years knows that it's a smart thing to do. But whatever. Uh, my actual answer, I went all the way back to the beginning of the allotted time period. 2011 for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Week week 3, um, Tony Romo, fresh off of heroic, points, uh, heroic performance, words are hard, uh, on the road in San Francisco, winning the game in overtime against Jim Harbaugh's 49ers Tony Romo with massive amounts of protection plays with a punctured lung and all that jazz against the Washington football team an incredibly close game that the Cowboys wind up winning 18 to 16 there actually aren't that many like momentous victories for the Cowboys against Washington there are a lot of wins but they're all kind of like you know, ho-hum, you know, this is what's supposed to happen type thing. This was epic to watch Tony Romo gut it out. And this was one of the very first times, at least in my mind, that Romo got tons of national love mm. for, for playing through that, for being regarded as this warrior. It was just a really great celebration of the guy that a lot of Cowboys fans, myself included, were backing at the time. Granted, there were a lot of Cowboys fans who didn't appreciate him until it was too
2: late. Isn't that kind of funny how we both picked for different – uh end of the spectrum uh week Mm -hmm. three games in 2011 like what are the chances of that (laughs) um i'm looking at uh wait no this is the wrong box score never mind um i i really do not recall this game at all it's 10 years ago now this was by the way also monday night football uh
1: okay it's a big big uh monday night football day here on the nfc's mixtape
2: hmm I guess it's almost, hey, RJ, it's almost like there's a reason why the NFC East teams make some of these primetime time. not that they shouldn't be on every primetime game right. and they shouldn't be on in week 17 when the Eagles have nothing to play for and like they were last year. Uh, that shouldn't happen. But like this idea, I mean, obviously people here who are listening to this podcast won't disagree with this, but like the national perception that, like, oh, there's too much NFC East on and there has been in recent years because so the division is bad, but generally, like, long, big picture here, uh, it's worth it. Um. Yeah, I feel like I don't have anything interesting to say about this game just because, again, so it's 10 years ago. I can't remember this at all. But you um, remember the Romo stuff,
1: obviously, right?
2: I don't really. Wow. It's forever ago, RJ. How could I can't you? remember what happened yesterday. That's not true. I have a good memory. But, like, I don't know. This specifically, what else stood out about this? So is, is Romo...
1: Well, so I mentioned they won 18-16. to 16, And so because he had a punishment long... Score. Well, yeah, I don't know if it was a scorigami. I can't imagine. Definitely weird, but not un- like not supremely uncommon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mentioned Romo was hurt. So while super impressive that he played, uh, by the way, he would later go on to be hurt against Washington on Monday Night Football in the same building, ATT Stadium, three years later. So lots of funny, you know, Monday Night Football in this year. But uh, anyway, no offensive points for the Cowboys in this game. Again, their quarterback wow. had a punctured lung. Uh, so then rookie Dan Bailey, then undrafted free agent rookie Dan Bailey, who, again, won the game the week before in San Francisco uh, because Jesse Holly celebrated too early. Uh, but Dan Bailey, a perfect six for six. That is super rare, I think. Like anytime I think about that, I think about. Um, Adam Vinatieri's uh, divisional playoff performance for the Colts against the Ravens in 2006. I think they won that game like 15 to 12. I think it was like all field goals, uh, Peyton Manning against Steve McNair. And again, six for six, like what an incredible Dan Bailey moment for again, a rookie undrafted free agent kicker.
2: Yeah, that's pretty good um i think an interesting way to think about this activity too is as i'm thinking about it now is like the opposite side like i'm I'm guessing your pick and it doesn't this is fine it doesn't have to be because this is about the best wins the best win for one of us doesn't necessarily have to be the worst loss for the other team mm-hmm. like it doesn't always necessarily work that way it could Uh, like I'm guessing Washington fans wouldn't pick this as their worst loss to the Cowboys, but almost, you know, I'm trying to think like what they would, I mean, I I don't have it off the top of my head. Obviously I would say, you know, if we're expanding the window, something like the Monday night massacre with Washington, Hillies getting embarrassed and Albert Hainsworth laying on the ground and Michael Vick dropping like 59 or whatever points uh, on the Washington football team, something like that would be, but I think that's a kind of an interesting thing. Maybe we'll have to follow up with uh, Ed Valentine and uh, Brian Stabby to get their takes.
1: I thought about a different twist on this whole exercise. Like what is the worst win um, that mm. you've had over division rival? And there is one that you can look back on in a certain way. Uh, if you're a Cowboys fan four years later, again, also on Monday night football, um, the Dallas Cowboys went to Washington and the Matt Castle-led Cowboys beat the Kirk Cousins-led Washington football team, who would go on to win the NFC East, to be fair. Uh, shout out to Dan Bailey, who had a game-winning field goal kick in that game. And that was the Cowboys' last win of the season. It was the only win they got without Tony Romo that season. They went 1-11 without him. Uh, but that win, obviously, you know, moved them up to 4-12, and um, which prohibited them from ultimately having a higher pick than 4 overall if they had. Like you can play that what if game forever for I know we've done what ifs a lot, but like is mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey or like or is Joey Bosa, not Jalen Ramsey a Cowboys, as opposed to Zeke Elliott. Like, what does the resulting timeline of the Cowboys look like if that's the case? Uh, but they just had there were a lot of Cowboys fans at that point that wanted to tank, obviously wanted to hire a higher pick. At the time, a lot of people wanted another quarterback because they thought Romo was fragile. Jared Goff and Carson Wentz were in consideration. So um, you know, that's one of the worst wins, at least that I can recall.
2: If we're talking about worst wins, I think what pops on the mind for me would be the 2015 finale. Um, Chip Kelly wasn't even the coach for that game. He'd been fired already. It was Pat Shermer, his interim head coach for the Eagles. And they went the Giants, all out. the Giants, right? Yeah, they went all out to beat the Giants. And they kind of did it this same thing the year before. I think Coughlin was still... I think it might have been Coughlin's last game as head coach, I guess, at that point. Um, uh, in any case... Uh, it, it was just like they went all out to beat the Giants really in back-to-back seasons in week 17 and it frustrated me so it worsened their draft positioning each time now I don't know if that would have changed a ton in hindsight looking back at some of those but like I just hate that I hate I hate the idea that like you can't sometimes lose to benefit in the long term like I, I hate that idea so much it's kind of like um like, well, it's obviously like well, people, people
1: hated what Doug Peterson
2: did a few months ago oh, oh yeah exactly like that and I clearly well i mean we don't know how you know we don't have the results but the process seemed to be pretty decent if you look at the trade you know the trade back that the eagles are able to do and then get devonny smith so like yeah i just I, I hate and as obviously a big you know sam hinkey uh process defender too mm. like the idea that sometimes you got to tear it down to build it back up it shouldn't be so radical
1: i bet you sam hinkey believes in build uh, making his bet first thing in the morning so you know you're how much of a disciple are you really if you don't believe in that too
2: he also listens to podcasts at like three speed, like three times speed. Uh, dude, I
1: I can't do that. Like, do you even do I can't even do one and a half speed.
2: I do one and a half and uh, not on everyone. Sometimes I feel like God bless the people, RJ, who listen to anything I podcast to. And and I'm sorry if you're listening to me on yeah. 1.5 because I talk way too fast. Um, But I try to do 1.5. There's too many podcasts to get to to not do 1.5 for me, especially in season, like during football season. I have to like there's I can't get to the podcast by Sunday if I'm not doing 1.5.
1: That's a fair point. Um, okay, fine. Uh last one. We've been saving the best for last. Uh Philadelphia's most epic
2: win over the Dallas
1: Cowboys over the last 10 years, BLG. If I and it, I know it's not 2017 since you said that last week.
2: Yeah. Um, I will include that obviously in the honorable mentions because anytime the Eagles blow out the Cowboys, it's really good. If we're going all time, which we're not, but I would say 40, 40, 46, 46. Yeah, we are. Obviously. Know. Yeah. Um, I just had to bring it up. <laughs> um, so I wonder, uh, I, I, 2019, the win was nice, you know, it's kind of like one of those get the monkey off our back schemes. Um, when the Cowboys came to Philly, but obviously not the pick, so it's really between two here. And I wonder if you can guess which one it is. Um,
1: so, okay, so if it's between two mm-hmm. over the course of the last 10 years, um, 2012 was the the game in dallas was a blowout that was um i believe that was nick foles we talked we talked about that before um i i i can't imagine you would include thanksgiving 2014 maybe you would i i know you said that there was like a glass ceiling on on the eagles at that point but maybe it was like really satisfactory especially like somebody who hates the cowboys getting that home field advantage or whatever like them winning um and then because you're sadistic um you know maybe 2015 When Sam Bradford found, I don't even remember Jordan Matthews. Was it Jordan? Yeah, I guess Jordan Matthews uh, in overtime. Also, a Matt Castle led Cowboys game. So maybe I'm going to say
2: between one of those two. Uh, that was fun in the moment, but like very much not doesn't hold up. I mean, Sam Bradford, Jordan Matthews. Like, who are we talking about there? It, It was very fun for in that specific moment, yes. But um, I was considering picking. The Brandon Boykin interception in 2013, which you didn't have in your final two in week mm. 17 because uh, the Eagles won the NFCs there.
1: But that was like that's like that goes back to your point. Like that was not a painful loss for Cowboys fans because like we knew it was Kyle Lord. So like I, if I was you, that would be hard for me to pick.
2: So I couldn't pick that one. Uh-huh. So I had to go with the Eagles win by 33 to 10 over the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I mean, you can look, you can use the excuse. The Cowboys are on short rest. It was Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez (laughs) blew out Tony Romo on Thanksgiving for everyone to see. You had the Sean McCoy throwing up the X in the end zone after scoring touchdowns, mocking Dez. That game was great. And honestly, I just think like the Eagles kicked the Cowboys butt in that game. Like the Cowboys came in that game that season. Everyone's talking about how great their offensive is the best offensive line in NFL history. That was like literally like there has to be an article on blogging Mm. the boys about that or some or some someone like Maybe I'm thinking of like Leo Collins when he said that, yeah, that like a that, year later.
1: that, yeah, he was, it was, tw- he was his draft was 2015. So you, okay. but that was Zach Martin's rookie year. And to your point, like, it, the, the, Zach Martin was like the penultimate Infinity Stone. You know what I mean? Like, it was clear yeah. that the Cowboys were on that path, but the take wasn't quite there yet.
2: But, but that was like the sentiment. There's this big sentiment. The Cowboys off in the line, so good. It's like, so it's this is, right? Like, and DeMarco was on thing.
1: fire. Yeah, totally.
2: On, and the Cow, Eagles defensive line was kind of underrated. They kicked the Cowboys' butt. Like, they, they had four sacks. DeMarco Murray was held to his second lowest rushing total of that huge 18, 45-yard season. Uh, I remember Benny Logan after the game, underrated Eagle, looking back uh saying like they were the nobodies because like he and he benny logan by the way is like a mild-mannered guy not a trash talker but like he was kind of mad because like you know the cowboys were getting all this respect and the eagles like shut them down they like, are kind of weird to say they shut down the cowboys offensive line but they did they dominated them and looking back on it i know that game you're gonna be like oh it doesn't matter because then the cowboys came to philly and beat the eagles and sure that hurt that did very much hurt at the time but I remember being in the moment on Thanksgiving. My grandmother came over. We had a uh, nice family Thanksgiving. And I. this was like the second year I was working at BGN, full season, 2014 season. So I was kind of stressed out between like balancing Thanksgiving and then like trying to cover the game. But I, I just yeah, remember being so excited. It's a so hard excited. life,
1: isn't it, BLG? Yeah. <laughs> welcome tough.
2: welcome to the grind. Yeah. Well, look, all the more reason <laughs> not to have the Cowboys on Thanksgiving every year. Um. So I, I, I remember just being so happy after that game. And looking back on it, that loss did ultimately prevent the Cowboys from getting the number one seed that year, which could have changed things in a big way for them. Obviously, not having to play in Green Bay. Uh, things could have been a lot different. Maybe that was the year the Cowboys were actually... Like, that was their last real chance, right? With Romo, at least, especially in the Romo era, to like win the Super Bowl or get to the NFC Championship game. And though the Eagles didn't win the division that year, they kind of did hamper the Cowboys' chances. So, I like it.
1: So, I in no way think it the only thing where i like disagree with you is that it really did not impact the cowboys for i know that like numerically it does look like it but from getting the number one seed um uh, that just was not going to happen they were the four i know every team every division winner had 12 wins but they were they were the fourth seed of that group and like yeah i mean if you want to give them that one win it obviously like moves those goalposts a little bit but uh but other than that i mean everything you said is really accurate that was really painful um and especially
2: there was like, no sorry to jump in but like there was no like there's no controversial call here like the right. Eagles are just the better team like they just, they just came in and they kicked the crap out of the Cowboys and there was like there was nothing to be like oh there was a bad call you know like there was no controversy it was just like like that's a like it's a take your medicine kind of loss
1: I would I would phrase it differently uh from like when you're on the losing end it's a like doubt starts to creep in type of loss because you yeah. start you start to wonder like okay, is this for real? Like, is are, are we just pulling off like parlor tricks? Like, is is DeMarco really that great? Is the offensive line really that great? Is Tony Romo really that great? Like, is he still injured? Like, you're starting to ask all these questions and like, and maybe this like makes it more satisfying for you, uh, but, and well, actually this wasn't the case with the Cowboys, but normally in a situation like this, the team has to wait even longer to play their next game because the Cowboys did play seven days later on Thursday Night Football. Um, but like that's, you know, doing it on a big stage and kind of humbling somebody is a really satisfying feeling. And especially because I don't know if you know this or not. This halftime is a little bit longer than most halftimes. It's, it's akin to the Super Bowl because of the performer the Cowboys have. And the same thing is true for Detroit earlier in the day. Uh, but I believe Pitbull was the performer for this particular halftime show. I don't know if that makes the memory better for you or worse. Um, we've, we have learned that you're not really an avid Stank listener. Maybe you're. Maybe you're a fan of Mr. Worldwide. I don't know. Uh, but uh, this this sucked. And I this I've mentioned jerseys a lot. I really hated that the Cowboys lost to the Eagles wearing white while wearing navy at home. It was so gross. It just everything mm-hmm. about it felt awkward, and I did not like it.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. That's that's unusual. That's rare. Why did that happen? That's weird. So this was
1: early into the new or now old helmet rule where the Cowboys ah. could not wear an alternate helmet. Uh, so they could not wear their throwback uniforms on Thanksgiving. Uh, so Th- this year and the year before, uh in 2013, they wore their navy jerseys on Thanksgiving just to differentiate it. Like it is a different, you know, kind of day and stuff. Uh, and then the next year, 2015, was when they started wearing color rush because that was the year it came out, and then they kind of mixed it up. Uh, but thankfully next year they should be wearing their throwback uniforms on Thanksgiving once more. Uh yeah, this sucked. Uh losing to the Eagles at any point sucks, but it it was a very nice uh thing to and like the other thing, and this worked out, but this type of loss sucks because then you're dreading the next matchup. Two weeks later, you're like, oh, yeah. man, this team just beat the crap out of us. Like, they're going to do it again. The divisions going to get away from us, etc." cetera. But thankfully, that didn't happen, which I know makes you mad. That's one of my honorable mentions. It didn't make the or I didn't choose it. Uh, the 2014 win, the Nolan Carroll game uh, for mm-hmm. the Cowboys. Des Bryant going off. That was such a great night. That was super awesome. The Cowboys effectively won the NFC East that day. Uh, yeah. That was awesome. Um, the 2018 overtime game was also an honorable mention for me. Uh, I did not pick it, but because I I would feel dirty picking it because of the way the final touchdown happened. I believe that Cowboys played really well, but I mean that's just it's a hard kind of pill to swallow. I can't pick this, but the the most recent Cowboys Eagles game was really satisfying. Uh, when the Cowboys just blew the doors off of the Jalen Hurts, slip, because that was like yeah. this Eagles team sucks. I mean, like that was a really nice feeling. <laughs> we uh, already knew that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and similarly, um, October twentieth of twenty nineteen, the, the first Cowboys Eagles game of twenty nineteen, when the uh, the Cowboys, I had uh, we've all heard bear bark today. My wife and I had gotten bear the day before. Um, that was actually October 20th was my birthday. And we got him for my birthday that year. And so that was like, and my parents came to our house. Like it was a really special moment for me individually. So that one holds a special place in my heart. But my answer, BLG, um, I didn't partly choose it because I knew it would upset you. Uh, but it certainly didn't hurt. The 2016 overtime winner, Dak owns the mm. Eagles. Dak <laughs> owns Wentz. Uh, you mentioned being at, at games. Like obviously that we've been at several of these games. But I was at this game in the stands with my dad. And it was just, like, I vividly remember, like, going crazy afterwards. Uh, we were just, uh, my family and I, just at the Astros-Yankees game on Sunday that Altuve walked off. And there's nothing like that. Like, when there's a walk-off, like, this had the the Dak to win touchdown where the, like, stadium erupts. Uh, it was incredible. And it it really did give you, and this has proven to be true, this vibe that the Cowboys, like, pulled one off, that they still got yeah. the better quarterback, even though they didn't have to trade everything that the Eagles did to get theirs
2: yeah i mean i could see this being the one for you guys absolutely that was a very painful game to lose uh very frustrating i think i said it last week where like i felt like the eagles played like the better team and like they just they deserve the like again i don't always feel that way i don't always feel like oh the eagles deserve to win that game like the eagles in my mind deserve to win this game and it was unfortunate that they didn't leonis mckelvin drops a could have been a pick six, but at least was going to be a pick for sure that people don't talk about. Um, it is a game where the Cowboys won the coin toss in overtime. Very fortunate, again, obviously happened in 2018, so some muck involved. Um, but yeah, obviously, it did hurt. It did legitimize, legitimate, legitimize, legitimize one of those <laughs> Legitimatizing, Um, yeah. it made more legit that the you know this there was an idea that like i remember a lot of people at the time were saying like on sports radio and stuff like oh the eagles should have just taken zeke at four and then dak you know went later but like obviously like that's not a real thing like you can't or well and obviously the eagles weren't going to they weren't picking at 4 they're picking they had to trade up so they would have to trade up to two take a running back which would have been dumb obviously yeah imagine an
1: nfc's team taking a running back at two that would be stupid
2: that would be really dumb, but like trading up would be even worse to do right. it. Like mortg- mortgaging future draft picks would be, you know, putting uh, a, a cherry on a not so good Sunday. So, uh, yeah, that was that was that definitely hurt. This is a good pick by you in the regards of like how much it hurt the cap. Like, but it's just so funny though. Like I'm looking at the box score of that game right now. Dak had a seventy nine point eight pass rating in that game. Yeah, he owns the Eagles. Wow, what an amazing performance! But, but he didn't even play that well. But that's why, because like you know
1: as well as I do, that that's not within our control, right? Like that that becomes the narrative when stuff like this happens, which is what makes it all the more great, right? Like nobody remembers that like five years later now. But it it gave birth to the narrative that Dak was better. It's part of the reason that a year and a half ago, Michael Kiss wrote a Bleeding Green Nation that Dak Prescott (laughs) was the best quarterback in the NFC Like it was the beginning of that overall idea that partly led to the demise of Carson Wentz within the Eagles organization. So, I mean, like it's epic in that sense. However, winning isn't always right, wrong or fair or right or fair. Sometimes it's weird. And this was a weird win that really was very satisfying.
2: Yeah, definitely a weird win. Carson Wentz actually had a better passer rating in that game. Also, Ezekiel Elliott was held under 100 yards in that game. Like, it's just weird, like that the Eagles didn't win this game because you could you could just argue like it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like the Eagles totally sucked or you know they they missed these huge opportunities. I guess there was that one, uh, I was like a fourth down or something, or they got set. I remember like they had this really dumb run at one point where like or pass to Darren Sproles, a screen pass, where like, they got set back and basically like knocked themselves out of field goal range at the very least, and that hurt a lot. Um, yeah, that, that one hurt. I um, one of
1: my favorite tweets of all time came as a result of this game. Uh, shout out to John Michaud, who covers the Cowboys for the Athletic. He tweeted uh, kind of a zoomed in photo of Witten catching the game winner, and he was like, "Here's Jason Witten uh, warming up," and he was like, "Oh wait, never mind. This is Jason Witten catching the game winning touchdown yeah. against." He was Eagles. so was... wide open. I he was know, so so wide open. <laughs> how does somebody I remember watching that, that live? Uh, that's yeah. How many, how does somebody that slow get that wide open? Uh, this was also great, and I think you should agree with this. Because it kind of killed the Wensilvania pun. That was really not a good thing. Um, so you're welcome for that. Because it was that time of year. This was October 30th. So, you know, it, if if the Eagles had won, Wensilvania would have been a thing forever. But it went away, you know, very swiftly. And, again, you can thank the Cowboys for that.
2: The fact it was a – what was this? It was a – when was, was this game? It was Sunday Night Football. Sunday Night. Right, and I remember it was at night. So the point I was going to make is, like, it's at night – Probably Sunday nights even worse maybe than a Monday night because like you're 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 just watching football all day like leading up to this moment and you're so excited and the game had a lot of juice between being Dak and you know Carson's and- first matchup together it was like this this big stakes thing and the Cowboys were like what um they were 5 and 1 heading into this game the Eagles were 4 and 2 you know so the NFC East lead is kind of in the balance here not officially but kind of and you know this was a high stakes game probably one of the most juice that like one of the most anticipated Eagles Cowboys matchups, just like agnostic, like just, or just not, no, not even not agnostic, like a really big scenario. And uh yeah, the Eagles drop it. And again, the night factor always makes it that much tougher because like you can't even sleep after that. Like you can't just, you can't just go to bed. I mean, people have to, uh, I guess, you know, if you have to get up the next morning, but as someone who like covers the team, I, obviously, I can't just go to bed even though I just want to at that point, like I'm just staying up. I'm just scrolling through Twitter. Everyone's like melting down. Oh, whatever. Do we get the right quarterback? It's kind of like what you said. It's like one of those losses that makes you question. I remember Doug Peterson was really getting questioned after this game. It's like is he like he stinks, blah blah blah, whatever. Even though the Eagles had just gotten off to like a 3-0 start like a couple of weeks before. So, yeah. Good really good pick by you.
1: Um, I also think I could be wrong. Um, but this was like a round and this just kind of added to the the fog because you're right. Like like there's nothing worse than like the Cowboys who's on tonight football and it's like 11 o'clock and I got to do all this crap. And you're just like so pissed about it. But I believe so like, again, within the, the like phase or haze or whatever, I believe this was the weekend that the time changed. So you're just like you're you have no <laughs> idea like what is what is like anything. And it's just it's all a, a bunch of misery. And I'm very happy that you were um, at the center of it. Let me go.
2: So that would be getting an extra hour because it's the fall,
1: right? Yeah, but still, like, you're, you're, you go to the kitchen, like, this has happened to me before. Um, like, you go to the kitchen where well, you're grinding, you're getting an article up, whatever, blah, blah. And you look at the like oven or the, you know, microwave, you're like, is that the time? You know, cause you didn't change the clocks and you're like, oh, no, it's not the time. And you're just like, you're broken mentally. That's what, that's where no. you were. And I'm happy that Dak Prescott did that
2: to you. No, I get the disoriented point, but I'm saying I'm actually saying something in your favor, the, or a point in the favor of your argument. And like, there's an extra hour; like you have <laughs> to deal with the pain for literally an extra hour that doesn't normally exist. Like, there's an extra hour into the into your day. So, uh, I mean, obviously, most people might be sleeping by that point, but not me. I remember that loss very vividly uh, about how that hurt a lot and then, and then i always get annoyed obviously when i felt like the narrative didn't match the reality and that's one mm-hmm. like when, the, when i said like the eagles deserve to win that game or like i remember seeing after twitter like in that game like oh Dak is clutch and then whence isn't and it's like this is a couple like maybe that's true okay but that's it's like six or five or whatever seven games into their seasons like into their careers not even just their seasons at this point so i remember being frustrated
1: mm, good times uh very good times well this was surprisingly you know who would have thought that talking about wins would be more fun than uh, than losses? But surprisingly, more fun than last week's I thought was.
2: I saw a lot of people in the comments last week on bleeding gradation of the article I posted about the NFC mixtape. were <laughs> like, I'm not reading this article. Like, there's no yeah. zero chance I'm I, like, goodbye. Like, I got
1: a lot of why, like, wh- why yeah. are you doing this? Um, which, hey, but to your point, we started with the bad, we powered through, and now look, we're all happy. We're all here celebrating. This was fun. I mean, this was good to walk down memory lane. Um, I I thought it was really interesting. How like we remembered each other's, you know, like the non-Cowboys Eagles ones. Like I, mm-hmm. I know we didn't count it, but I vividly remember the the Monday Night Massacre with Michael Vick uh, that night. And like we all have stories like this. My cousin had Michael Vick going in fantasy and and needed like a god level <laughs> yeah. performance, and he got in. It, it was awesome.
2: Also, like the losses make the wins more fun. Like you, it's not just like. You know, it's not winning all the time, and it feels off- like the painful losses make the wins feel fun. As much as like we don't like to admit that, because you never want to lose, obviously. But it's the truth of it. Hmm. Ah, uh, shout out BLG to
1: Survivor. We found out this week Survivor's coming back September twenty second. So we got a busy fall on our hands. You know, lots of uh, lots of you know elimination happening in different respects. Uh, so uh, yeah, that'll be cool. Any any final thoughts from you before we get out of here? I can't wait to watch Survivor again. September 22nd, I think, is the yeah. debut. And there's a former cowboy that's going to be on it. Did you know this? Mm. No. Who is it? Danny McRae. Okay. Yeah. You know, kind of a, a stud special teamer once upon a time. Uh, yeah. Al- Alan Ball was on it once upon a time. Jimmy Johnson. I don't see any former Eagles on Survivor. That's all I'm
2: saying. Uh, but I mean I think the people with the Eagles connections typically do better. I mean, Wendell wow, Holland what shout a out winner.
1: alert. Anybody who's ever wanted to watch an older season, BLG just
2: ruined it for you. Wow. No, I mean, come on. It's it's been a couple of years at this point. Uh, he, shout out he, Wendell Holland. He
1: won. You want to talk about like narratives and stuff like that. Like his win is kind of I don't want to say fluky, but like it's very specific and it gets nobody remembers that in hindsight.
2: And you know, it's just he won Survivor. I don't know. I think it's argu- it's one of the greatest wins ever. I think because what? of like how, how yeah because how close it came. It was literally the only tiebreaker vote. It, it, like it came down to the wire. It's, it's the survivor it
1: equivalent of what we saw in Sunday's Euros, where you have this like epic tournament and this mm-hmm. epic you know match that comes down to like the randomness of penalties.
2: That's what that. Oh, was. randomness. No. Anyway, I'm not going to relitigate mean- <laughs> those in here with you, but I'm also going to point out that Jervis never nervous Jervis. Um, also a big Eagles fan and had and represented the Eagles, had that Philadelphia Eagles shirt, which was a good move by him. I guess like I always thought about that in hindsight. I guess he couldn't have the actual logo, right? I guess because of right. branding or whatever, but he had a shirt that just said Philadelphia Eagles on it. So I kind of like that workaround. That's dedication. That's respect for that.
1: My last question, BLG, before we leave, if you were going on Survivor, what is the like, what is the clothing you would take to like, like for strategy? Because I've thought about this before and there's a right answer mm. and you might not get it.
2: Yeah, I, I can't do that's like it is a really good question. I haven't thought about this probably as much as you have, clearly. I mean it can't be like <laughs> you can't be wearing like jeans, right? Like so many people no. have had issues with jeans, so that can't be in play. But see, here's the thing though, it's not always necessarily up to you. Like the you know, the 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 production sure. element like has an influence in there. But uh what would you try to wear?
1: Uh I would wear a suit jacket. And maybe Mm. even maybe like a full suit, because I could turn the suit pants into different things. But the jacket, like the blazer, would be a point of warmth. You know what I mean? Like at different times, like the one the person who made me think, I know he didn't win. Uh, Remind me his name. If you remember, uh, he was the Kentucky lawyer. I'm talking about Nick Wilson. Nick Wilson. Yeah, he wore a blazer. And I thought this guy's a genius because everybody else is cold. And Nick's got a blazer. And granted, it's not the most warm thing in the world, but it's warmer than nothing. And he out thought he outwitted everybody else in that capacity.
2: So two things. One thing you just complained about me spoiling a season. We just spoiled an m- even more recent season. I just Survivor. spoiled the
1: fact that he wore a blazer. That's all I did. I mean, you know,
2: and number two, are you Michael Scott? <laughs> because that's that's what he does. Have you seen The Office? Do you not know this episode?
1: Yeah, he does it in the okay. the, the episode where he goes into the wild. But no, nope literally to, I mean, does like, that. But that's a fictitious thing. Nick did it in real life on Survivor, so like he executed it. So I'm going to assign okay. the credit to Nick. This is the this is the Office like uh, Wayne Gretzky quote like version of that.
2: Hmm. All right, shout out to Rob Sesternino, former Survivor player uh, mm. of Rob Has a Podcast, great Survivor podcast, not affiliated with us, but uh just a good podcast you should listen to if you like Survivor.
1: Yeah, at one and a half speed or else BLG will think it's weird. Uh everybody have yourselves a great week. As always, BLG gets the last word.
2: Rob Sesanito was a former BGN radio guest.